What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Brunch with Bigfoot, Michigan, Rob, and I'm your host, BMR. We've got a great show tonight. I'm be joined by my co-host, Krista Tweedy, I'm going to bring up right now. Hello. Hello, Krista. How's it going? Great. If this is your first time here, please subscribe, give a thumbs up, and hit that alert bell. Please share us out. You can find us on Texas Front Porch. That'd be on YouTube. Also, Bigfoot Michigan Rob found on YouTube. We're also on Odyssey and iHeartRadio, Spreaker, and wherever podcasts are found. Find us on Facebook at Texas Front Porch. Find us on BeyondBMR at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to Texas Front Porch, Bigfoot Mission Rob, and the Blondes and Booze podcast, a new member of our awesome platform. If you like what we have to say, share us out. The Super Chat is always open. Also, go to our community pages. Go to the About section and the Description sections, and you can find everything that's going on during the week. And also, I'm going to make an announcement on our schedule. A lot of you know our schedule's changed a little bit. Mondays is Texas Front Porch, 7.30 in the East. Tuesdays, Van Buren Variety, 8 o'clock in the East. Beyond BMR comes on at 9 o'clock in the East. Then Jason McLean does a thing called Mysterious Libraries on Untold Radio AM. That's 10 o'clock in the East. Go check out Jason. You know what? You get more Jason McLean as well on Wednesdays. Serial papers at 9 o'clock in the East. That same day, you guys, an hour later, Jason McLean questions everything. at 10 o'clock in the East. Follow up on Thursdays at 1 o'clock Central, 1 in the East. Brunch with Bigfoot Michigan Rob. Tonight, Blondes and Booze podcast. That's 9 o'clock in the East. Go check them out tonight. And then you know what? You get a double dose of the booze, the booze and the woo, the blondes, the booze and the woo with Krista Tweedy and all her great, her two lovely co-hosts. That's Fridays. That's nine o'clock at East. And don't forget our friend, Jessica Jones, Spaced Out Radio, Saturdays and Sundays, 10 o'clock at East. You know, we got a great guest tonight. We have Val Santariga 
or the Bronxville Paranormal Society, Krista. And I'm really excited about this one. Me too. This is going to be fun. Right up my alley. Oh, I know it is. You know, one of the reasons why the booze are the part of the group is to bring that paranormal element to us. That's one of the elements we were missing. And uh, thank you for joining us, Krista. We do appreciate all your guys' hard work. Love you to death. I'm excited to be with you guys. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody out there in chat. Love you. Thanks for your support. Subscribe to Bigfoot Mission Rob, Texas Front Porch, the Blondes and Booze and the Woos, Jason McLean, Bobby Van Buren, the whole lot. Go to our, again, our YouTube pages and get the links for that. And you know what? I'm excited. I'm bringing up El Sagar, Santa Riga, adding him to the stream right now. El, man, welcome for the second time. This is not, you're not a rookie. You've been on here, uh, I think, last year, man. Welcome yeah, and I know I came on uh, once before. Um, thank you for having me. Uh, it's my pleasure to be here. Nice to meet you, Krista. Nice to meet you, uh, too. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited. And, you know, before we get started, what I'd like to do, and, you know, it's kind of lame because everyone does this, but you know what? For those that don't know about Al and you're in the Bronxville Paranormal Society, what's that all about, man? How they get founded and how'd you get into that? Oh, uh, well, it, it got found in a pretty funny, in a pretty funny way. Um, I was, I, I worked in Bronxville, a little town in, in New York called Bronxville, and I was a mailman and me and all of my mailman friends would, would go out and do investigations. So we were at an ancient stone chamber one time doing an investigation. We have these ancient stone chambers in the Northeast that nobody knows who built. And we were doing our investigation in one of them. And a, a, a group of people came up the hill we were and they were like wow are you guys a paranormal group you know and uh, they were all excited because we had all our equipment out and everything and i was like yeah and he goes what's your name and i said the bronxville paranormal society just came out i don't know where it came from <laughs> it just came out and everybody loved it and I said okay let's run with that you know and then um, I was also a member of a group called the New York State UFO Project. I mean, the New York State Roundtable. And we, um, I ended up picking my team as the guys from the post office dropped off. I started picking my team from the Roundtable, which was a bunch of guys. And Brian Bowden, who's my right-hand man and my partner in crime, he was there. And I picked him. And then, you know, we discussed who else we wanted on the team, who we could work with. And, and then we were off and running, you know. Now that that's awesome. I'm glad how you put that together. And by the way, Al, I follow you. I watch your work. It's awesome. I know Brian Bowden. He's one of your partners. In fact, he's going to be on Beyond BMR next Tuesday at 9 in the East. So uh, your buddy's going to be out joining me. I can't wait for that. But enough mm -hmm. of that. We're, we're getting on with this. What? Let me ask you a basic question. In your mind, and everybody's got differing opinions on the paranormal. When, when someone asks Al, hey, Hey, Al, let's say I'm a novice. I know, I know nothing about the paranormal. And I say, Al, what is the paranormal? What does that mean to you? Well, the definition of paranormal is um, anything that is unexplained. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, anything could be paranormal if we're, if we're on, if we don't know what it is, we consider paranormal. Um, I don't actually consider it paranormal because I think in the grand scheme of the universe, it's all normal. We just, it's unfamiliar to us, but um, you know, it, it, and it's all paranormal and uh, I don't care. I mean, I'm probably going to get some hate for this, but whether you're a UFO, UFO a ufologist, UFO, a ufologist, a cryptozoologist or a ghost hunter, 
it's all paranormal and it's all connected and um you know and even tax agrees with me on that <laughs> well I no, agree I mean, on that I as mean, well 100 110% yeah, you know, yep. Chris agrees, Tex agrees, and quite frankly, mm -hmm. BMR here, we agree. I think it all comes full circle. Absolutely. I think if you're if you're talking Bigfoot, I think it's paranormal to in, a, in a, to a degree. Dogman to a degree. Ghosts, obviously, UFOs, aliens, yes. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's one of the reasons why we try to expand our shows. And it's why we have such a great team and great guests on because we all are, are like minded, and we all. Hey, listen, if you think that they're separate entities or separate subject matter, then you know what? You're probably watching the wrong show because mm -hmm. they all come together full circle. And I don't mind saying that because that's the opinions of everybody on our staff and our team. And, uh, and, and that's why I appreciate having you on today. Uh, Al. Well, thank you. Before we get into this too deeply, can I give a couple of shout outs to some friends of mine? You know what? I said you could backstage and you go for it because okay. we're all about promotion. Thank you very much. First and foremost, I don't know. I don't know if you guys know who April Brichette is. She's a psychic. She's been all over the, the Discovery Channel. And um, I went to a friend of mine's meetup. Uh, William Helm runs a meetup called Casper Meetup, and he's a he's a ghost hunter as well. And he had April there, and I went to hang out with all my friends. We got a we got a great paranormal unity com uh, community up here in Dutchess, New York, in New York, upper state New York. So we hang out together and I went there to see my friends, not really expecting to get a reading. April, we had a couple of deaths in the family recently and April read me and she was spot on, scary, scary spot on. And I just want to thank her for that reading. Um, next, is, um, I'd like to thank uh, Julia who owns a house called the Miss Fanny Victorian Party House. And I was there recently with um, Bill Forte, who was the program director at KGRA, and um, Scott Allen and his partner, Julia. We did a paranormal investigation there, and it was an amazing, amazing night. Now, next, I'd like to thank um, the ladies from Full Moon Paranormal and the ladies from Ghost, the ladies of the Ghost Hunts. We went to uh, the Brickenhouse Museum here in Dutchess County, along with John Zaffis, and the Haunted Collector, Eric Vitale, Exploring the Supernatural, and uh, Tim Dalton, Ghost, uh, Ghost Prowler, and William Helms was there as well from Casper. And we had an amazing evening. I mean, oh my God, it was crazy. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to, to my girl, Katie Turner. She's a psychic, again, from the Discovery Channel. She's from Canada. She's amazing, unbelievable, amazing. I had a demonic case come across my desk recently, mm. um, which is above my pay grade. And, uh, uh, you know, and I reached out. Katie told me what to do. I mean, you know, she explained to me what was going on. And I discussed it with John Zaffis at the. Uh, investigation i was with with him and john is related to larry edwards who's a demonologist and his wife deb chamberlain edwards is a um as a psychic so mm. they're coming down the three of them are coming down this sunday and we're going to this person's house and we're going she's going to get an exorcism and they're going to clean cleanse the house for her Otherwise, she's got to move because she's getting the hell beat out of her. So um, one last you know, last thing I'd like to thank a good friend of mine, Barry Pirro. Barry got me a gig at the Putnam Valley Library recently where I did a, a Bigfoot presentation. 
that was just off the charts. The people were too way too kind. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Embarrassed me, standing ovation, asked me for my autograph, which was totally insane. I laughed so hard when they said that. I was like, and then everybody was like, well, if you give you give that one an autograph, I want an autograph. And it was, it was hysterical. But I like to thank Mike and Cole. There, um, Mike is the director of the library who brought me in, and he was really happy with the presentation. He thought it was very uh, insightful, and Cole was like his tech guy who helped me with a lot of the technology stuff because I'm brutal when it comes to technology, and uh, whew, that's it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, thank you for that illustrious list, Al, because, and I'm all for everybody promoting people because that's what we do around here, and I wouldn't say that, Elf. I did not think you were credible. I'd say, well, you know what? No, don't do it. I'd have told you that backstage. But El Santariga, everybody, I've known him for maybe a year off and on. He's been on the show. We talk. We converse on Facebook. And I'm really excited to have you on. And, El, I got to say something. You already threw me off this interview today because I knew what I wanted to start with. But, you, <laughs> but, you know, but it's great. It's awesome. That's what we. That's how we roll here. Nothing is scripted. Everything is just impromptu. You mentioned that word exorcism, Al. Now, I don't know what your experience is, but, you know, I'm infatuated with that. I love the Art Bell show. Uh, Father uh, Malachi. Oh, yeah. I think he was out of New York, and I would listen to that. Krista nodded her head. She probably knows what I'm talking about. Just I studied demonology, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so you, I'm sure you're well-versed. I think Art Bell did, like, 12 episodes with him. We're not going to talk about him per se, but Al, when it comes to exorcism, have you been involved in these rituals? And Absolutely not. No, it's okay. above my pay grade. I did have to assist in one early on in my career because it was affecting the entity was affecting my one of my friend's children. And this was like a five-year-old little girl, you know, and he had a bunch of small children in the house. So I had to get involved with that one. Um, what I did was I, I, uh, I knew a, a woman who was a psychic spy and she's from England and she's um, retired as, you know, she doesn't work for the English government anymore. She has her own castle and she's a very, very in-depth and, she said she would help me with this case. And we went there and she actually removed the entity from the resident um, and took the entity over to England with her and put it in like a well of souls and has it in her castle. Cause she said, otherwise it may just come back and attach to one of the other children that were in the house. That was my first and only experience with this stuff. Whenever somebody reaches out to me with something like this, I usually hand it off to people who are more experienced. It's something yeah. that I really don't play with. As a matter of fact, a friend of mine, you may know him, Kyle Connolly. He's, yeah. uh, uh, Kyle reached out to me last night. He's got a case down in Florida where the, uh, he, the person believes that there's a negative entity and it's demonic. It's ancient. And he wanted to know if I was getting involved. And I said, well, you know, Brian just moved to Florida. I'll hand it off to Brian and Brian could remote view it. And if it is what this guy is claiming it to be uh, malevolent and ancient, 
then you know we know people um, whether they're demonologists shamans medicine men who may be able to go in and cleanse this area you know cleanse this property in this home um it's you know too far for me to go to florida and deal with that but um i really don't like to deal with these things um the only reason i'm dealing with the one right now is because it's a family member Mm -hmm. and I have no choice. I have to get involved when it comes to my relatives. So otherwise, I would have just handed it off to um, Larry and Deb, and I would have said, thank you very much. You guys take care of this. But it is a relative, so I have to I have to be involved in this case, yeah. Just, you know, a, just an FYI, I don't, I don't know if you know this or not, but... Um... Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, once you do a demonic type case, you are marked. So, in other words, what that means is that you know nothing may attach to you today, but 20 years down the road, if you're in a low point in your life. They're looking, they're waiting, you know, the demonic side is so, so you're very smart in not getting involved unless it's something you truly want to commit your life to. Well, I, um, I, you know, I had this discussion with John Zaffis. Mm -hmm. I met John at a para unity conference John is awesome. Jersey, a couple of years ago. And, um, I saw, I, I grabbed, we were at the same, at the same conference. I grabbed him by his ear and I said, John, I got to ask you a question. You know, these, de these demonic entities, obviously you can't kill them. You can just banish them. Do you ever run across the same one more than once? And he turned to me and he looked at me and he said, let me tell you a story. And, and I said, I don't know if you know John, but John's really mm -hmm. like soft-spoken guy, right? He goes, let me tell you a story. And he says, I did a, a exorcism in Boston, one summer and early in the summer like in june he goes that august he was in new york doing a conference in the city so he was walking past uh skid row and and a homeless person got up and ran over to him and looked him dead in the eyes and says i know who you are john zaffis do you remember me and john said when i looked into this guy's eyes i knew exactly what entity I was dealing with because this was the same entity that I banished up in Boston. And that just gave me chills when he told me that. I'm like, oh, Jesus, you know. Yep. But, yeah. uh, you know, story. man, that, that that is chilling. And it's kind of cool today, you guys, because typically, like on this show, it's a, it's a cryptid show. And, and, of course, Krista is a, a paranormal investigator, Al, much like yourself. So for me now, it's almost like I'm interviewing two people, including my co-host. <laughs> But I got to ask you guys, you, Al, Krista, you can chime in, of course. You mentioned about, you know, Skid Row. We talk about the homeless, and you see a lot of people that are 
homeless in alleys or in parks or wherever it may be, wherever you live. And I just thought of something as you were talking. Is, of course, you're talking the paranormal. I know you're not big on demonology, but do you think those people are more apt to get taken over or possessed or have something malevolent interfere with them because they're they know that they're they're I don't I hate the despair disparage on the homeless okay but they're weak they've got nowhere to go they're looking for friends they're looking they're just there do you th- are, are they tar- are they the biggest target in the paranormal world Christy you want to answer this one <laughs> well okay so when anybody is at a low point in their life you know the demonic have to be invited in in some way and, and, you know, they look for people who are vulnerable, but they're not going to jump on someone who's just walking down the street, you know, be like, hey, there's my target. Yeah. No, okay. they have to be at a low point. So, so yes, drug use is a, is a form, you know, or, or just depression, you know, people go to, this is my, my own personal beliefs on cemeteries. People go to cemeteries to grieve and, and it's all sadness, that kind of thing there. So when people say, oh, there's, you know, Miss Sally, the little friendly ghost there. I don't believe that. I don't believe that Sally is the friendly ghost at at a cemetery. I believe it's more on the negative nature only because, you know, people have brought that negative energy in. You know, they're sad, they're grieving type thing. So it it all goes, it all ties in, you know, they have to be invited. So, okay. Well, you know, Al, I'm sorry for asking that first question that went actually to my co-host, but you know, I mean, I can can answer it too. Yeah. Well, you defer. Yeah. You know, Oh, I am too. Chris is a wealth of knowledge. You know, all our guests and people in our, in our group are, are wealth of knowledge. And let's get into this Al really quickly. What's, um, last investigation you've been on you mentioned a whole bunch of people earlier you're working on a lot of projects uh what do you got going on currently then we can maybe backtrack in some of your well past, the one past i got going currently is the demonic one that we were supposed to do it last sunday but um john and larry were sick so we pushed it off to this sunday but before that we did we had i had done the brickenhoff museum investigation with john and uh everybody and we were going, we were doing the SB7 spirit box and, uh, and, um, what you would call it, um, <laughs> Lorraine and, uh, Ed Warren were coming through wow. and, and it was amazing to, um, hear their voices. Um, because you know, John is related. That's Ed, mm-hmm. Ed is John's uncle. Yep. And, um, so they were coming through, which was pretty impressive because I had met the Warrens years and years ago and uh, they were doing a pre- uh, presentation at a school in uh oxford connecticut and i had gone up my brother is a parapsychologist and i went with, with him to see their and in their presentation and afterwards we were we were all hanging out talking and my brother was thinking about getting into de- demonology you know and he was talking to ed and he said hey ed um should i get into this you know i, I just got my degree in psych uh parapsychology and i was thinking and ed told him he said frank if you get into this field he says it will take years off your life Mm -hmm. he said so if you go down this road understand that and my brother decided not to go into demonology but um that uh so that case was the last one we worked 
we had a lot of stuff coming through um, on the spare box. We had a lot of stuff happening with um, the dowsing rods were going absolutely insane. I love the dowsing rods. I go old new school, new school whenever I do anything. I go day night whenever I do anything. I like to be there during the day and see what happens. I like to stay there at night, see what happens. Um, if the ITC devices are not working, then the old school stuff works great, vice versa. And um, I was really good, wasn't going to talk about crypto, uh, paranormal stuff. That I, had. I had an all game plan. I was going to come in and talk about my dogman experience. Well, you know, well, but, we, you know, it doesn't matter. Know, we'll go it, where we're going. Well, but. we've got, you know, we've got time. You know, our fans, our audience, they love to hear some dogman and Bigfoot. But, you know, since you do both, I want to give you, you, you know, you cover everything else, right? So I want everyone to know that you're multi-talented. You mentioned parapsychologists. Now, for those that don't know, and I don't frankly know, is that actually a field? Yeah, my, my, bro my brother was one of the first parapsychologists in the United States. He, he was working with Han Holzer's right-hand man and Han Holzer's psychic Ethel. And uh, he had this, he had heard about this parapsychology class that had just started out in California. So he went out to California and got his certificate or degree or whatever it was in parapsychology. He was one of the first in the United States. And then he brought it back east. And uh, so, you know, of course, my brother is always uh, a member of my team, no matter what, because I run everything by him, you know. And, um, but, um, you know, you know, it's not anything that I would want to get into. Um, I, it feels like every time I'm trying to take a step back from the field, no matter no matter what genre I'm talking about, I get pulled back in. It's okay. like I, I, I and I've it come is. to the conclusion that the universe is not done with me yet in this field, so I have to continue to do what I'm doing. Um, but we cover, you know, like we started off as the Bronxville Paranormal Society, and we covered everything because everybody in in the on the team had all kinds of experiences. But then as we were going, getting invited to symposiums, we were catching a lot of slack from the ufologists, from the cryptozoologists. Mm -hmm. So now we're the Bronxville Paranormal Society, we're the New York State Sasquatch Organization, we're the New York State Dogman Project, we're the New York State UFO Project. So whenever we get invited to a symposium, we can hang up a banner, which nobody's gonna have any problems with, and we don't have to, argue or have any grief with anybody we and everybody can get along see that's the problem with this paranormal field nobody gets along with anybody if everybody shared all their information all the time we would be so much closer to figuring this stuff out than we are now we're never going to figure this out and the people who don't believe that and again this is the line a lot of people are going to kill me for this but i don't care people who don't believe it's all connected they're way behind the curve, way behind now, the curve. I think that you've talked to two people right here that believe, and in fact, our whole team believes in that. And you know what? I'll even say this to people out in chat and the people that listen later to, to follow us. I think most of them are, are, uh, are believers in that. I mean, it, it's just, it's just too, too much is going on, Al and uh, Krista, you know, you know, you talk about Bigfoot disappearing, right? Uh, the the cloaking. You talk about Dogman giving you that grin through your window. Mind speak. 
you know mind speak i mean oh god i hate that terminology mind speak. you know tell, mind tell, speaking the woo drive me nuts. come on you know the woo, mental yeah, you telepathy know. And, pa- and and paranormal experiences uh, you know interdimensional met, please that's a good one i gotta write that down mental telepathy that's what it is it's, it is when people say it's the woo or it's my speak oh my god it yeah, makes, I, me, I, makes me nuts i'm not even sure that was coined but uh, you know it is kind of popular, and yeah, just like a lot of people don't like when you say squatch. Yes, I know. Dave Scott hates hates the hates yeah. The I know. Well, he got, yes, he I know. It. It's either Sasquatch or Bigfoot, and hell, some of the First Nations people don't even like when you say Bigfoot. Some yeah. of them, not no, all. No, I understand, but I mean, you know, we all have our 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 quick quinks. Whatever. We have our quirks. Yeah, quirks. Yeah, thank you very yeah. much. I got <laughs> got stuck. It won't come out. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Well, but, you know, um, you know, well, it's just it's just my pet peeve because I think the way that terminology actually started was by people who didn't believe that like Bigfoot were nothing but flesh and blood animals and wanted to disgrace disgrace the other people who believe that or discourage them, you know, make make them look stupid. And it's you know, so they start. That's the reason why that term terminology got started. They refuse to use mental telepathy or or different dimensions or whatever like mm-hmm. that. So and and that's why it's just it's just it's my personal pave. It just rubs me the wrong way because when someone, I mean, not what you guys say because we're all in the same boat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. But just yeah. it's just it just sounds like you're you're being disrespectful to the mm-hmm. to the researchers in the field that do believe that you know and I mean the one footprint in the middle of nowhere you know and I know there are people out there that believe that the creature jumps on trees and backtracks and you know tra- backtracks three hundred yards no. to go around the mountain when you know and it just leaves that one footprint there for you to well, you, you I'm know sorry what? I'm not buying it I'm I sorry. don't buy that theory Al only for this reason let's say it's flesh and blood and I believe they're both they have elements of everything I think when they're something. in this dimension they're flesh and blood when absolutely. they're in this dimension but I'm gonna tell you right now I don't believe they walk backwards because there's that dermal ridge you can't you might be able to line up your toes when you walk backwards, but there's no way you can match up all the ridges in the bottom of your foot, like a handprint. There's no way in hell you can match that up. So when people say, yeah, they disappear in the tracks end because they backtrack. Well, if you go look at back at these tracks, number one, they're going to be, Oh, they're going to be, they're going to get elongated and the ridges aren't going to match up, which you can. And if you casted any of these, that proves it right there. Now, Hey, listen, I'm not condemning anybody. If that's your belief, that's your belief. And I just have my opinion on it, and I don't think they backtrack. Yeah, no, look, to each his own, and everybody can believe what they want to believe. But, you know, and that's the perfect argument with the dermal ridges and everything. You may be able to line up the the length of the foot and the toes, but you're not going to line up those ridges. I mean, come on, you know. But uh, you can't argue with some people. So, I mean, I don't argue with anybody. I just, I I agree to disagree, and I move on, you know. Absolutely. That's Mm kind of what we do here. Yep. And my thing is too, you know, I wasn't there. So I try not to judge anybody or knock anybody's stories. I wasn't there when it happened, you know, so who am I to say it did or didn't happen? That's kind of my views on it. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. I mean, you know, I I did an interview last night and I told an experience that happened to us that had 
every every gamut of the paranormal that you could possibly experience in one night. And I said to the guy, I said, look, I know people think this is a bullshit story. I know they do. People have told me flat out, but it's called bullshit on it. And I'm like, that's fine. But if I was hallucinating, so were the two other guys that were with me. Because all three of us experienced it, you know. And I don't think three people could have the same hallucination. I don't think it works that way. Well, no, there's too many commonalities in all these stories. And you could be talking cryptid. You could be talking paranormal. You could be talking Mm -hmm. any of that stuff. And, again, I believe, like you and Chris and everybody, it does come full circle. And it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What do you say? I mean, I, I passed the point of, like... What I believe here on this channel, myself personally, if somebody has a story, I don't care what it is. I don't care how far-fetched it sounds. I believe, I think it's healthy to have skepticism to a point where you want to debunk things. I get that, and that should always be in place. But who am I to tell someone they didn't see what they saw? Because I'll tell you what, most of the people have heard my story. My story went from a flesh and blood creature to a demon, and I always say that, and I stand by my story. I think most people believe that, but I don't care if they do or don't. I saw what I saw. So if you come on my show or if you send me an email that you want me to read on my channel, I'll do it without any – I won't throw in a different narrative. I don't want be – I will not question it because who are we, right? You just don't know what's going on in people's lives and what they experience. And, and myself too, you know, I've, I've witnessed things that if I would tell the stories, people would be like, she's crazy, you know, and, and I know for a hundred percent fact that they are true. You know, I yeah, witnessed absolutely. it. So I don't judge anybody, be it paranormal, cryptids, UFOs, anything, you know. Well, I'm from New York and I judge everybody. <laughs> well, that's New York. New York is like, you know, come on. I don't, you know, New York is New York's New York, man. You're your own people. You are your uh, own people. I, you know, and I, and I, you know, being an investigator, you know, um, mm-hmm. we deal with a lot of people who are mentally challenged. Yep. Um, very depressed, uh, heavily medicated and stuff like that. And so you have to get a feeling for who's really experiencing what. I, I don't claim to be psychic by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I get gut feelings. Uh, over the last 40 years, 50 years of doing this, 
I've become more sensitive to different energies at different locations. Mm -hmm. And I know if I'm getting a metallic taste in my mouth and I'm experiencing this, or if I'm getting a pressure in my forehead, I'm experiencing that. But I also know when I'm talking to people and I'm interviewing people, I, I try to trip people up, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and if they trip up, or if I get a gut feeling that, you know, mom, you know, it's just not, not sent, this doesn't sound right to me. If I'm not buying it, I'm not buying it. I'm not going to call the person a liar right. or, you know, or I'm not going to call BS on them. I'll just remove myself from that location and say, listen, I don't think this, I can do this case. It's not for me because look, we've all dealt, especially, you know, you being a paranormal investigator, we've dealt with people that have, just wanted attention, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Or are are mentally ill, yeah. challenged, or on heavy medication, and they just want to be uh, known. They want to have company. They want someone to talk to. And we don't. And I don't. You know, I don't have that kind of time to invest in being. You know, your psychologist. I'm not a psychologist. Right. You know what I mean? So, I get these little a red flag goes up for me. Then I bail right away. I'm like, sorry. Um, you know, you. I think you know. And I've told people. I say, I think you really need to sit down with a psychologist. I have someone, to. someone to talk to. Because I think they can help you more than I can help right. you, you know. And we've actually, we had one guy who was so far out there. He's just had way too much time on his hands. And he lived out on Long Island. And I told him, I said, listen, get yourself a hobby. You live out on Long Island. Get yourself a fishing pole. Go fishing every day. You know, stop uh. living in your house, in your right. four. He's like, he, he put himself in prison in his own apartment, you know? And I said, go outside, buy a camera, go do some photography. You got beautiful ocean views and lighthouses and all of this stuff out on Long Island. Take some pictures, you know. You have to put some things into your life to keep you busy. Otherwise, you're going to constantly think that you're being abducted or you're dealing with demons. Yep. And, you know, and it's just and, and, and I, you know, we've, I felt bad for the guy and he really did need psychological help, mm -hmm. you know. But the best advice I could give him was to get a hobby, to yeah. stay busy, you know. I, I got to tell you, Al, you just mentioned the hobby of fishing. You know the last time when I went fishing was when I had my when I had my encounter. Yeah, right? well, maybe fishing yeah. wasn't a good idea for you. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I haven't done it. It's not because of that. I'm pretty much over that, and I'm I'm enriched because of what happened to me. And you know, Al, I know you're prepared to talk some dog man and talk some bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, we'll go wherever it goes. We'll I'm go easy. where it goes. But I'd like easy. to ask you your opinion. So I know. I know, Alice, so I love having you on. What's your thoughts? And I don't ask this question too often because I'm conflicted with it. <laughs> Aliens. Now, before you even start forming a thought, you think that's, and again, you're talking about you're not a demon guy. Do you think aliens are from another world, or do you think they're really just a manifestation from the devil that a lot of people do actually believe in? Okay, um... I've spoken to a lot of world-renowned psychics, okay, and um, people that are just like, you know, Amy Allen, for example, you know, people like that, mm -hmm. that kind of kind of level psychics, and from what they explained to me, and I 
believe everything they tell me. I know, I know they're they're more attuned than I am. There are there are different kind of aliens. There are extra extraterrestrials from outer space, and then there are interdimensionals. You know, and they're both alien to this world. So it depends on what you're dealing with, whether it's interdimensional or extraterrestrial. You know, I don't think I've ever dealt with an interdimensional alien. I know the uh, experiences I've had by abduction experiences and stuff like that were all uh, extraterrestrial, not interdimensional. So, um, um, but, you know, when you're, I know a lot of people, they talk about like these dogmen who are able to just pop into the house in one minute. The dogman is outside tapping on the window and the next minute it's in their living room walking to him, towards them. I don't really believe that's an interdimensional dogman. I think that's a demon putting that image in your mind because it knows it's something that you're deathly afraid of and it's using that to scare you. Just like aliens, extraterrestrials will put false memory in your mind to, to not try to scare you. You know what I mean? They'll show mm -hmm. themselves as, um, like in my daughter's case, they showed her, they showed themselves to my daughter as Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. Or you know what I mean? So um, so it works both ways. So I think if you have a dogman that's just popping in and out of your house, in and out of your room, it's probably something demonic. Mm -hmm. um, if you have a, if you're, if you're dealing with a regular dog man that's interdimensional and i believe they are interdimensional and they can come in and out of our our world but i don't think they can just pop in and out of mm -hmm. people's homes like i dream of genie and i'll just pop in and pop out you know i think it's a little bit more complicated than that yeah. when they go from our realm to their realm um but you know that's it's just one man's opinion yeah, no, I, I respect the opinion. And really, frankly, the term alien really means anything that's really different. You know, I mean, you throw out the term alien, if you look up the definition, it doesn't mean something from another planet. It's just something unknown or not known, right? Mm -hmm. And kind of leaning towards maybe easing into the Dogman and Bigfoot discussion, I, I got to ask you, and there's a lot of people out there that they investigate Bigfoot, they look for Dogman, any cryptid. And so since you kind of know a little bit about both, right, you do your paranormal side, you got your cryptid side that you, you do, Al, thanks for that. And, okay, how does somebody know, let's say you're going out looking for Bigfoot and you see something that's 50, 12 foot tall with red eyes. How do you know it's actually a Bigfoot? Oh, my God, I just saw a Bigfoot because it's like 12 foot tall with red eyes. I'm of the opinion that when you go into a forest to go out investigating, these entities, and I'll say entities is a broad term because it could be anything. They kind mm -hmm. of know what you're looking for, what your intention is. Yeah. So do you, are there a lot of paranormal activity going on in these forests that trick you into thinking that it's something that it's not to play up your, your, the narrative that you have in your mind to try to convince you or confuse you? Well, absolutely. And I always tell everybody, whether they're going ghost hunting or going squatching, to make sure they protect themselves physically and spiritually when they go into the woods. There's a lot of things in the woods that can attach itself to you or harm you. And um, you got to remember one time this whole planet was nothing but woods. So there are, and there are a lot of people who do 
dark stuff in woods in the woods and conjure up dark things so there are things out there that can hurt you and um if there's something dark or negative in the woods um then there's you know there could be something demonic there and if you go into the woods thinking you're going to find the bigfoot and it knows what your intention is and your intention plays a big part in the paranormal i can't emphasize enough it's all about it uh one of the main things as far as i'm concerned i had an uh an ascension happened to me a couple of years ago and i was told that the secret to the universe is vibration frequency consciousness and intent and your intention plays a big part of that so if you go into the woods thinking you're you're hunting bigfoot and there's a dark entity there sure it could show itself to you as a, as a bigfoot or a dog man you know but the first thing you have to do is don't go in thinking you're going to find bigfoot go in and look for a location that has a lot of bigfoot sign then hunker down and bigfoot will find you that's how you find bigfoot that's the best way to, right. to, to go looking for a sasquatch is to find a location that has a lot of sign hunker down and they will find you you're not going to find them they'll find you Oh, I firmly believe they will find you. Me too. I've heard too many people saying, you know, they were just, you know, all the encounters you hear, nobody was out looking for them. They were walking on the path or fishing or, you know, doing something. They weren't out looking. Bigfoot did find them for sure. Yeah. And there's, you know, and there are certain techniques you can use that we use to bring them in, you know, um, but my psychic always says to me, and she's from Arkansas, she's Native American, and she says to me, the minute you walk into that location, no matter which location I'm talking about, they know you're there, they know your intent, and they know, you know, where you're going to be, or they know where you plan on going. Like I said, I don't go walking through the woods. I go to certain locations, and then I hunker down, and I, I have a couple of techniques I do to let them know I'm there. And then once they know I'm there, they come in and uh, show themselves. But um, yeah, so I mean, if there's, and there's a lot of dark stuff in the woods. I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. There, there are doorways, portals to different dimensions all over this planet. Um, ley lines that cross over you know, um, underground streams or uh, quartz crystal veins, and that just amps up the energy and it's just ringing out. And when that energy is doing that, it just opens up doorways to different dimensions and anything could just come in and, you know, observe you. Some things, you know, want to observe you. Some things want to eat you, you know, it just depends on what you, you encounter that, that day. Right. You know, he was sticking still a little bit more on the paranormal side. I got to ask you, cause you know, you, you just, you brought up something about out in the woods, all these dark things out in the woods. And, you know, I think a lot of us, I'm sure you've heard of it, Al, Chris, I'm sure you have. What do you think about in the middle of the forest, the woods, wherever you are, whatever state you're in. And I hear stories of these ladders in the middle of nowhere that are kind of around a uh, maybe a dilapidated home or shed or building that they go up, there are stairs, they go up maybe eight, nine, ten feet, and they're sitting there in the middle of nowhere, 
and let's say that you're out on a trail. Well, actually, these aren't off the trail. I mean, you're well into, you're past the trail already. You're going off. and But you come back, and you know you're in the same spot, and this ladder or these stair, this stairway is gone. What do you believe? What do you think that is? Do you believe in that, or have you heard of that? I I have heard of it. Um, I've never experienced it. Um, I believe that has something to do with a time space continuum. You know what I mean? Uh, you may have uh, had dimensions that crossed each other, crossed over one another, and then by the time you got back around to it. They haven't. They've they've gone their separate ways, mm-hmm. and so that ladder that was there when you first started the hike through the woods is not there when you come back down the trail three hours later. Um, something to that effect, I would think. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, we got about seven minutes. Where we have to take our first break, Krista. Yes. I was blabbing along. I know you've got some questions, Val. Go fire <laughs> off a couple. Because if do you don't, it. if you don't stop me. I will continue to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back on the on the paranormal realm. Okay. So, you know, I've been doing this a long time as as you have and uh, you know, over the years as you know, equipment has changed. What is what is your your favorite piece of equipment that you use on paranormal? Uh, my favorite piece of equipment mm-hmm. paranormal um depends on what I'm doing. If I'm investigating ghost hunting, which is another term I hate. Um <laughs> But it's the best way to describe it, right? Um, right. I love the dowsing rods. Mm-hmm. I really do love the dowsing rods. If I'm squatching, <laughs> I like a parabolic mic. Yeah. Um, so those are two of my favorite pieces of yeah. equipment. What do you think of uh, of the Estes method? I use that a lot <laughs> doing that. We, we, we use the Estes method. The night I was at the Victorian party house, uh, Miss Fanny's Victorian party house, and we were, I was downstairs in uh, the seance room, mm-hmm. and uh, the other folks that was there, Scott Allen, Julia, and Bill, were on the third floor, and what I, what I was, what they were doing was just asking questions in the ether, okay, mm-hmm. because we didn't have a DVR system set up, we were using a walkie-talkie, so whatever I heard, I would speak into the walkie-talkie, and they would hear it in real time at, at the right. other end, and I don't know what they're saying, I don't hear what they, I don't know, and I'm just saying stuff, whatever I'm hearing, when I felt, at one point, I felt like there was so much energy around me, I was in a vortex of energy, and the voices were just coming through, like, just on top mm-hmm. of one another, and I tapped out, I was like, okay, I'm out, you know, right. it's, it's getting too much for me, and when I went upstairs to talk to those guys, they were so giddy, because apparently, everything I was saying re- related to questions they answered, they were asking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we've done the Estes method again. Brian and I did it in an investigation at an abandoned um, uh, farmhouse. And um, um, Katie Turner, our, uh, we used Katie as a psychic on that experience because my team psychic was going through um, uh, back surgery. So we used Katie and Katie said, this is what you're going to find. This is that and the other thing. And when we did the Estes method, I was in the in the stalls where they had the the, the carriage house and brian was like a, a three or four rooms away and he had he had said something to the effect like who told us what we were going to experience here today you know 
and clear as day, Katie Turner's voice name came through, Katie Turner. Wow. And um, amongst other things that were going on in in the carriage house, there was a whole bunch of stuff going on that, you know, Katie said we were going to experience. But we never, you know, when psychics tell us this is what you're going to experience, we don't go in looking for that. Right. We go in, we do our own thing. And if that happens, more power to it. You know what I mean? But the, but the funny thing is, everything they usually tell us is going to happen, happens at yep. some point during the investigation. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, I, I, th- I think we, we investigate a lot alike, you know, because when I go to private, private homes and do private cases, you know, I, I listen to what the people are telling me, but I, I need to witness this myself too, you know, to, to you know, what I'm, I'm seeing, you know, and, and um, do you, do you have like a, uh, you know, we have questionnaires that we fill out with, with people, you know, and, and it's, it, it, sometimes it gets pretty personal, you know, it's, it even talks, you know, about medications they might be on and, religion yeah. and everything else, you know, but I feel like it's important. And I tell people, you know, we're not here to judge you. We're here to help you. And yeah. I tell people, you got to be brutally honest with me because yep. if you're not, then I can't help you. you and I'll just walk you. away right now. Absolutely. Yep. I agree a hundred percent. You have yeah. to be brutally honest. If you really want my help then you have to be brutally honest right. with me don't be embarrassed about anything that's mm-hmm. like you, you said i'm not here to judge you who am i to judge yeah. anybody believe me yeah yep i'm yeah. same way yep yeah we do we think a lot alike that's cool <laughs> i guess it's just you know when you're in this for as long as we've been in it right this is just a natural progression along mm-hmm. the way you know it's a learning curve you know yeah. Yeah. You know, you were talking about your, your case, you know, where the, the person needed help. We did a private case here, I guess it was about a year and a half ago. We showed up to the house. We did a, we always do, you know, a phone interview and then we'll do kind of a walkthrough. Then we'll go back and do a, a, a full investigation. If yeah. You have to do preliminary. That's how we Absolutely, do it. Yeah. Well, we walked in for the walkthrough and they had guns laid out on their beds. I'm like, uh, you know, this was not <laughs> something I was expecting. You know, we didn't know people. And, um, you know, so I asked them to put their guns up, you know, because why, why do you have your guns laying out on your bed? That was just, you know, so there are there are all kinds out there. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. We, mm-hmm. I did. I did a cleansing uh, again. I had to use Katie for that cleansing and turned out there was two open portals in the home. And we had to seal the portals, which I learned something on that investigation mm-hmm. that I never knew before. Um, the portals were in the mirrors, and I was told the way to find out if your mirror is a portal is to stick your finger up against it. And if there's space between your finger and the mirror, it's a portal. If there's no space, then it's just a regular mirror. But we cleansed that house. Mm-hmm. They had two portals. We cleansed that house. And that was the house was a humongous and it was like mm-hmm. a two day, two day of fear. And when I was done, I was burnt out. I was yep. totally drained. And then I got another one called in on me where um, a woman was having paranormal activity in her house. And I went there to investigate it. And I just got the vibe that something was going on with her husband, you know, and she was like, yeah, you know, he's having, I think he's having an affair. He's coming home with all these trinkets. And she thought that they were like negative and demonic trinkets, but Mm -hmm. they weren't, they were like protective kind of things. And I had to, turned out he had a love spell put on her, on the husband. So I had to reach out to a a hoodoo practitioner, a woman that I know of, Miss Ada, who's amazing. She helped me break that love spell, which is 
Very hard to do when you have a spell or a curse put on yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, really quick. Get a, let's put a pin in that and continue in the next mm -hmm. hour because I'm coming up on a break. I got to get this through for our listeners on iHeart and Odyssey Radio. Got to take a five-minute break, take care of our sponsors, and we will be back with Al Santariga from the Bronxville Paranormal Society on Brunch with Bigfoot Michigan Rob. We'll be back in five. Don't go nowhere. Eat your popcorn, have a smoke, whatever you got to do. <laughs> Four minutes to go, folks. Four minutes.
Three minutes, we're almost there. Two minute warning guys, two minute warning. One minute, one minute. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Hey, you know, welcome back to Brunch with Bigfoot, Michigan, Rob, El Santorigo, fantastic guest. And you know what's not so fantastic? When I went to hit the five-minute break button, I hit the extra button. <laughs> I'm sitting, I'm, I'm about 20 feet away, and I hear Al or somebody talk. I'm like, that don't sound right. So I had to click on the five-minute break. So I'm sorry for the si- seven-minute break. <laughs> and uh, you know, live live radio, live streaming, podcasting, whatever you want to call it. It happens. So it happens. But you know what? It's fun and we're all about fun. And actually, Al, you were just finishing up on a great story, which is really fun. If you want to continue on from there. Before that, thank you, Nightmare, for the super chat. Thank you, Overbuilt, for the super super chat. I certainly appreciate that. Love your support of the channel. Thank you ever so much. Anybody out there, if you don't have a super chat, that is okay. What we ask, you like, you share, you subscribe. And don't forget, hit all on your 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 alert bells because I've noticed with the algorithm on YouTube, for whatever reason, they like to play games. And a lot of people say, Rob, I didn't know your show was on text. I didn't know your show was on Brandy, Krista, whomever. Your show wasn't on. Well, it's because sometimes... You got to go through. You got. You have to do a monthly audit. Make sure the like bell is on, so you don't miss any of our fantastic mm-hmm. shows and content. L, thanks once again, man, for joining <coughs> us. And uh, if you wanted to continue on with the end of that last story, it was very good. Yeah. I'm sorry I had to cut you off. No, you absolutely. Have, we have it. you know responsibilities with our advertising. Absolutely, I totally get it. Um, so what, what I was discussing was uh. Um, uh, a case that came to me as a cleansing and it turned out to be much more than a cleansing. Not only did we have to cleanse the apartment, the the home and the property, but the husband had a a love spell put on him. And to get any kind of curse or spell taken off, you really have to go through a a ritual of things for Mm -hmm. a, a decent amount of time, like seven days to get this off. So we got the love spell taken off the husband and again, thanks to Miss Ada, Aida uh, Severini for helping me in there. This was above my pay grade. And then the woman he was fooling around with um, got mad because he wasn't in love with her anymore. And she put a curse on him. <laughs> and then we had to go through a whole other batch of uh, a different kind of cleansing and ritual to get the curse taken off him. So it was it was. Again, it was a very draining experience and um, eye-opening. It's something that I don't want to get involved in too often. But when you go to these homes to do these cleansings, you really never know what you're walking mm-hmm. into until you're actually there. And like yourself, I always try. I always go and do a pre-investigation, uh, a preliminary investigation, see what's oh. going on. Again, I don't claim to be psychic, but I am sensitive to energies and. I, gotten gut feelings for my whole life mm-hmm. so i can walk around and say okay you know i don't like this corner over here or you know um but yeah. um yeah and that's and that's just something you know again I, i'm very lucky enough to be in this field long enough to know a lot of people who can mm-hmm. help me and if they can't help me they can help the client you know what i mean right. and i can wipe my hands of it yep so, absolutely yeah. And, that, and that's us too. We, we don't try to, you know, that night when we, if, if it, we do a full investigation, you know, we don't, I don't tell the client what we, what kind of information we got. 
you know, we, we all go home, we listen to our recordings, we, we check the evidence, then we go back, you know, a week or so later, and we sit down with them and tell them what we got. And, and we give them a copy of everything that, that, you know, all information we get. So, and then we suggest what needs to be done from there. So it's kind of how we do ours. Yeah. Know? You know, and before we move forward too, um, I've got a, a comment and a question that I, I, I started that, um, some from a couple people in chat, a couple friends of mine. And here's one, and this is either for uh, either one of you, really, because I don't know the answer. Pat Murphy <laughs> asks, can you explain what the Estes method is? Go ahead, Krista. Uh, well, it, it's just, it's, it's when somebody is wearing um, noise-canceling headphones, and they, but what they're hearing is, is like a white noise. And so somebody on the outside, oh, and they also have a blindfold, and somebody on the outside is asking questions that could be um, relevant to the case or the location, whatever it may be. And then you're hearing these words come through um, the person sitting with the headphones. So you hear, you know, if you hear, you know, green elephant, you know, you say green elephant and, and it may or may not be pertaining to what the questions are asked. But in my own personal opinion, I don't know about yours, Al, but but we've had that work quite a bit, you know, it's, yeah, it's, no, we, it's, a good, we, it's a good tool. I, you know, it's all about sensory deprivation. That's what yep. it's all about. You know, blocking off the sight and the sound and yep. just listening to what's coming through the white noise. And um, now you'll be amazed when you ask questions in the mm -hmm. ether that the, you, the answers you get back, you know, the universe is amazing. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you what, I don't know if you've ever tried this or not, but it's a suggestion for you. So we were at um, the McIntyre Villa in uh, Atchison, Kansas, and uh, we had two gals in the attic. One was on one side, and this was a huge attic, and one was on the other. They were both doing the Estes, but one person was asking the question. And that was interesting because they were they were getting not the exact same answers, but relevant to the question you know and and i thought that was really interesting because neither one of them could hear the questions or hear each other you know but they're still answering real similar so something you might want to try in the future if you have yeah no i've never tried that you know what we have done though we've done where we have we've gone we did an investigation called a place called the beekman arms up in rhinebeck new york it's where chelsea clinton and all, all of these people stayed when it when she got married up there and it's a very historic George Washington's been there. Everybody and their mother has stayed there. We were doing the investigation and we had three dowsing rods going in the same room mm -hmm. and we're asking questions and two were answering them and one wasn't. And a little voice in the back of my head said, ask the same question, but not only in English, ask it in German because this area was settled by the Dutch. So we happened to have a woman with us who spoke fluent German. And when we asked the questions, both in English and German, we got the same responses on all three dowsing rods. And we had them set up like in a triangle. Mm -hmm. And it was just amazing to see all three of them working in unison. It was very crazy. Yeah. I, I understand what you're saying there. Here just, uh, I don't know, maybe two, three months ago, we had the Tennessee Wraith Chasers came to uh, the Ray County Museum with us. And... Uh, Everybody was up in, in an Indian artifacts room. Well, one of the ghosts that's known to be there, she was a deaf mute. And, and wow. one of the attendees was deaf. So he was doing sign language and, and the REM pod was answering to 
you know, what he was, he was saying. I mean, it was just really cool. So when you said that with the different language, that's, yeah. You yeah. That's, that's, never know. that's, that's I mean, great. Absolutely. He had no yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, I got a statement from one of my friends and actually a colleague of mine, Finn Lizzie Borden. <laughs> we're actually we're actually worked together. We were writers for Steve Stockton, by the way. If anybody okay. did not know that, uh, great channel. Go check out Steve. She asks. Oh, by the way, her channel is Witch Please. Witch Please, Lizzie. If you're still there, drop your link. That's cool. Someone listening to a spirit box with headphones says, "Outlook what they hear." I don't understand that. If you guys can uh, maybe uh, comment on that, then we can uh, move on from there. Well, yeah, I, I, that one, I didn't catch that. What was yeah, that? I think it's I think it's basically you know just you know listening on the outside maybe is what they went says on the outside what they hear you know maybe that was it. Okay. Well, Finn, Lizzie, if you want to go ahead and uh, requote that for these guys, yeah. that'd be fine. Um, but show we'll move on a little. We've been talking about the paranormal with uh, El Santariga. I like saying it, Santariga. <laughs> Bronxville Paranormal Society. And there's Steve Stockton right there. Thanks, Steve, for joining us. Hey, um, I like to move a little bit out. Again, it took an hour and you were prepared to talk a little dog man, a little, <laughs> a little, a little Bigfoot. And you know what, Al, if I remember last time you were on, and I I have I have to admit, I don't remember if it was. It was about a bull and a dog man or a big. No, it was a big foot. It was, it a, was skunk, a skunk ape down in South Florida. Yeah. Well I, well, I tell you what, you are the guest. Why don't you start rolling with uh, some dog man? Okay. Uh, you know, if you wanted to talk about what a couple of my experiences. Yes, um, please. Tell us, uh, tell us a story. Everyone likes <laughs> stories. And, 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 and it's not a story. It's an experience. Don't yeah, call, well, that, well, you know what? No, listen. Don't call people's experiences hey, listen. stories. Hey, because listen. stories is, it could be something that story you made up. Could be, story could be made up. But Al, everybody on the show knows that everyone that comes on, they talk about their, their experiences. That's, that's another one of my your, pet peeves. Your experiences. <laughs> man you're an experiencer you're an investigator this is not a show about make-believe this is about actual events to make that perfectly clear i did not mean to uh you know slam you with that no no it's just it's just a pet peeve of mine i mean a lot of people hey you know a lot a lot of people call them stories but they're real they're not stories they're no they're 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 actual and you know everyone sitting here al chris bmr we're all experiencers of the paranormal and the cryptids and a lot of the people listening later, a lot of people in the chat, same thing. So why don't we roll on with that? Okay. Um, yeah, well, if my first dog man experience. Oh, really that- quickly, Finn Lizzie made a typo, so she's cool with it. Now she understands. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, Finn Lizzie. Um, but my first dog man experience happened. That was... Um, Getting going to work one morning, it was like 4.30 in the morning, and I was just going on the parkway, and there's a meadow off the side of the parkway where I get on, and uh, usually there's herds of deer there grazing in the morning, and uh, just before dawn, and as I'm coming down, I see four sets of yellow eyes 
walking out from underneath the tree line. Now the tree line has been cut up to about seven, eight feet high. So the tractors can get under there to, to, to cut the grass, you know? And I'm thinking, what am I seeing here? Now I'm in my Jeep and I got tinted windows and it's 4.30 in the morning. So I don't even know if I'm awake yet. So I roll down the window and I'm looking at these things and I see these four sets of eyes walking towards me. And I'm thinking, wow, these Bigfoot, because they're pretty high up there, like seven feet up, you know, I'm thinking, wow, these must be Bigfoots coming out of the woods. So I'm sitting there in the park where there's no one coming down. Thank God I didn't get killed. And uh, all of a sudden, these both sets of eyes notice me looking at them. And it, and we now we lock eyes. And these things look at me and they drop down to all fours and they start running towards me. Okay. And I'm sitting there and just like in uh like spellbound. I'm as I feel like I'm being in I'm in a trance and I'm just locked up there. And I but I do notice the one thing is that these heads are bobbing up and down. Now I've had a German Shepherd for 15 years. I know what he looks like when he runs and his head bobs. So I know that this is these are not Bigfoots running towards me. These are some more like dog dogish kind of creatures. So then I'm looking there, I'm standing there watching them, watching them, and they're getting closer and they're getting closer. And the little voice in my head says, you should probably go now, right? So I roll up the window and I punch the Jeep out and as I go, I start to pull away. As I start to pull away, I tap my brake lights just to see if they're getting close to me, if they're still chasing me. And I can see that they both stopped at the same time and both like turned their heads to the north. Like they caught a whiff of something and they were and they ran off to the north so i called my partner brian he we always bounce everything off each other and i said i don't know if i'm going nuts if i'm going crazy or not but I, this is what i think i saw you know which you know you know does it sound plausible and he says we got to go back and you have to investigate the area now this piece of grass this uh, is right by, by next to a, a middle school, and I thought I pretty I knew the area pretty well. My kids went to that middle school; they played soccer on their field. You know, I said, "No, nah, there's really not much back there. It's just a school town hall." And Brian says, "No, you gotta go back and you gotta investigate." So I went back that Sunday and I measured the tree, and the tree was like eight feet high, and I knew that the ice I was a little bit below the top of the tree. And I'm walking through the woods and I come to a creek and I'm in the creek and I see everybody fishing and I said, what's going on? And like, uh, the state, you know, puts trout in the creek this time of year. I'm like, okay. you know, the, So I go underneath the bridge. I come out on the other side of the bridge. I'm in this big condo development and they got a big lake there. And I'm looking at the lake and I'm seeing geese and ducks and frogs and turtles and i'm thinking wow there's a lot of food in this little area for you know something to hunt but i so i keep walking and then i come across a cornfield a giant cornfield and i was like okay cornfield deer deer dog man and i'm thinking okay this is definitely i must have there's plenty of game here for these creatures to hunt here you know I get back on the parkway the next day uh and there's a, a jeep there's a, a like a uh, uh, SUV on the grass that says like New York, New York State um, Environmental Protection or something, right? And it's there. I don't see anybody in the Jeep, 
I go to work, it's there. I come home, it's there two or three days in a row. And I don't know what this Jeep is doing there. And I'm like, now this is raised a red flag. Why is this Jeep there? It never leaves. Then the Jeep leaves and another truck comes in, a pickup truck. Again, it was an environmental agency, but not the same particular one, like a different branch of the state agency. And that, and that, that was a more of a blazer. No, that was more of a pickup. And that was there for a week. And I'm just like, I don't understand. There's a truck parked on this grass for a week straight, two different trucks. And I've never seen anybody near the trucks. Is it possible that every time I go by and someone's not around, you know, so that was to me, that raised a little red flag. Okay. So that was my very first experience and which I thought was, you know, pretty nuts considering that these things put me in some kind of a trance. I mean, when we locked eyes, we were in, I was in a trance. And then they, they, we had an experience at, a, at an investigation one night where we were bluff charged. And originally we thought we were bluff charged by a Bigfoot. After we developed our, our film and everything, we realized it was a dog man that had bluff charged us, okay? It had a short uh, square snout. It was, you could see its nose over a stone wall, its eyes shining, two ears that looked like they were cropped. And to me, you look like a pit bull or something, or maybe even like a hyena kind of head. And we were blown away by it. And uh, we didn't know it was a dog, man. <laughs> but um, I was being drawn back to that location. Like, like uh, six months later, I'm being drawn to this location. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and I told Brian and, and I told Bill, and I said, listen, I'm going back. You guys don't have to come. I understand it was a crazy night. You, We could have probably all been killed, you know, um, but I'm going back. And they're like, no, no, if you're going back, we're going with you. So we head back and I'm being drawn. And I told these guys, don't distract me. Don't pull me off of my thing because I want to go here, you know? Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, Al, we're going to go where you want to go. So we're going, we're getting closer. It's like four miles deep in the woods. But I'm not going to the ridge line that we were on the night we did the investigation. I'm going below it in the swamp. And the closer I get to this area, the more I feel like I'm overheating. And I feel like I'm getting hit with infrasounds. Now, I don't know if I'm getting hit with infrasound from a Sasquatch that's trying to stop me from going there because it's dangerous. Because that particular night we had a Sasquatch whoop at us and throw stone at us the size of a bowling ball. And I think it wanted to get us out of harm's way because we didn't know where we were on top of a dogman den. But anyway, I'm being I'm being affected by this and Bill is like, we gotta leave, we gotta go. And I'm like, there's no way I'm leaving. I can see the the swamp from where we're at. Mm-hmm. Brian gives me some fruit. I pour some water over my head. The feeling goes away. And I said, okay, let's go. And we head to the swamp. And this is three seasoned investigators. And we're walking around, looking around. We don't know what we're looking for, but, you know, we're, we're pretty good at seeing stuff. And we're there a solid half hour. And we don't see anything. And a little voice in my head says, jump on the stone. There was a giant stone over there. So I jump on the stone. And the voice says, move the cattails. And with my walking stick, I move these 12-foot cattails. And there's a trackway in down the center of the swamp leading to a den. Brian jumps up on the stone. Bill jumps up on the stone. And we zoom in with the camera to the den. And Bill's like, there's something in the den. 
there's movement in the den. I can see stuff in the den. So he jumps off the stone and he thinks he's going to go into the swamp and he starts to walk into the swamp and he sinks into the mud and Brian and I have to pull him out. Okay. We pull him out. Now, after that happens, after we see the trackway, it's like a veil has been lifted from all three of our eyes. We're seeing arches and necks and breaks and bends, scat, all kinds of stuff all around us. Something tells me to go up on the north ridge and look down and go up on the north ridge. And there's a trackway coming out of the back of the den, going straight down the swamp. Then we come across this thing that looks like uh, a homemade corral. Like something has gotten down trees and set it up as a corral. And I'm thinking, this has got to be like an am ambush point. You know what I mean? They're, cha they're, they're herding the door deer into this corral and then they're ambushing them, you know? So we're there and we, and we see all this evidence and we capture all this evidence. We go back to Bill's house. We put it on a 60-inch screen TV and we're watching the video. And in the video, you see this giant, canine head looks like a german shepherd or a wolf's head looking to the south directly in next to that is a creature that looks like a hyena snarling at us like it's not happy we wow. know it's where it's den is next to that and this is crazy but i swear to god this is god's honest truth is a creature that looks like the creature from the black lagoon Jeez. i don't know if it's a, a cryptid i don't know if it's an alien and we're looking at this stuff and we're freaking out because we can't believe what we're seeing. Now, Bill's mom happens to come into the room we're in with coffee and cake, you know, because we've been in there for hours going over evidence. And she looks at the, the TV and she goes, what are those two little monkeys doing in there? And we go, what monkeys? And next to this creature that looks like the creature from the Black Lagoon, it's holding two little baby Sasquatch's hands. And we just freaked out we're like everybody's like we got to go back we got to go back brian's like i want to buy a drone we're gonna fly this drone in that den i want to see what's in there you know and i was like okay you know that was pretty crazy i mean i i was being drawn there that day and i think that's what i was being drawn there to see look we were we were doing our investigation right above this den and there may have been pups in that den and this creature was not happy and it bluff charged us to get us out of there. And we shouldn't probably have been there right from the start anyway, but who knew there was a, a den in the swamp in the middle of the swamp. But anyway, I have that experience. I come home and I, and I'm, I can't believe, I can't believe and we got all these photographs. We got all this stuff on our sites. You can go and look at everything on the website, on the, on the, on the, on the uh, Bronxville page. Uh, so anyway, I go home couple of weeks later maybe a month or so later it's again now it's the fall right that this was in july so october rolls around i'm sleeping in my bed and i never sleep with the window open i'm we're on the first floor mm -hmm. i'm from the city when you grow up in the city you don't leave first floor windows open because people come in right that particular night was a hot fall night i had the window open something i never do and i don't know why i did it that night i had the and my cat i got a little seven pound cat sleeping between me and my wife and around three o'clock in the morning i wake up and i feel like there's something on the other side of the wall in the backyard and i don't know why i do this but i tend to touch stuff to see what kind of feeling i get from it you know and i touch the wall and I did not like the vibe I was getting from the other side of that wall. 
And the cat jumps up, runs upstairs to go to sleep upstairs with the kids. And I'm sitting there and it's like, okay, well, well something's as so I look out the bedroom window, but I don't open the screen. I just look out the screen. I don't see anything, but I swear to God, I hear something sniffing, like getting my scent. Okay. So I was like, I close the window. I lock the window and I said, okay, let me go to the, to the backyard. I got to put the sensors light, see what's on in the, in the yard. So I grab my gun and I head towards the backyard. And before I could get to the kitchen to all get there, the little voice in my head says, stop. You don't want to see what's out there. Go back to bed. Mm-hmm. And this is not like me. This is, I'm the type of guy that runs towards stuff that's, if there's a, a somebody in my on my property, I'm going to go out and question them. But I stop. I turn around. I put the gun back. I go to sleep like nothing happened. Next day, I get up. I go to work. I come home. And I say, you know what? We had just ran new lines from the well to the house. So there was a part of the yard that had no grass on it, just dirt. And it happened to run like right underneath our bedroom window. So I go out the next day and I look and I said, let me see if there's tracks back there, you know? And I go back there. There are no tracks, but there's four, four claw marks underneath my bedroom window. Like, yeah, I was here last night, you know? Yeah. And I'm getting goosebumps just telling you guys this. And yeah. so I told, oh, look ahead. Go ahead, Rob. You can say something? No, I just said, yeah, I got goosebumps myself. <laughs> yeah. Just- so. Awesome story. I tell Brian, Experience. I, tell, I tell Bill, I tell the guys on the team, and they're like, oh, dude, the thing tracked you. Because I'm the one guy who was closest to the area we were investigating. Brian lives in, down in the Bronx in the city, and Bill lives on the other side of the Hudson River, you know? So that happens, and I said, okay, you know, something came to my house. I'm not happy about that, but something came to my house. A couple of days later, a week later, again, I'm going out to the, early in the morning to start the car. It's like November now. And I go out in the morning to start the car to warm it up. And I always carry a little pocket knife and a, uh, some pepper spray with me because every now and then we get groups of wild dogs running through the neighborhood, tearing up the garbage. And mm-hmm. I don't want to be a victim of a, a pack of wild dogs tearing me up. So I got this little pocket knife in my pocket and a pepper spray. I go start the car and all the kids' cars are in the driveway this particular day. So it's three cars deep, and my car is off to the right. And the sensor lights go on as I walk out there. I start up the car, and as I'm walking back, I see what looks like a shadow underneath my front deck. And I'm like, what's under my deck? You know, like, we don't have any homeless people in the town I live in. You know what I mean? I'm like, what the hell's under my deck? But... You know, I'm going to find out what's under my tech. So I slap open the knife and pull out the pepper spray and I start walking towards the shadow. Now, I can't really see because the sensor lights are blinding me, okay, Mm -hmm. on the deck. As I'm getting closer, I'm seeing the largest canine head you've ever seen in your life. I'm seeing what looks like a mane coming down something's chest. I'm about one car length away at this point. And the little voice in my head says, you should stop right now and go inside. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is the creature talking to me or if it's that's just that little voice. It's oh, I always hear in my head, my, you know, my guardian angel or whatever. But I stop, which, again, is against every fiber of my being not to find out what's underneath my deck. I go inside. Now I'm thinking 
I should get the gun out and see what's under the deck. And then I I get this feeling, this let's call it a vibe, that you know what's under there. That's a dog man under there. And you know what happens when you go to war with these creatures? It never ends well. You should get in your car and go to work and forget about it. Okay. Well, what I forgot to say was earlier that morning when I got up, I forgot this part. My we had a cat that lived outside, um, um, and we uh, I would I'd open up the sliding glass door to feed her when I got up at four o'clock in the morning. She was coming around. Callie was her name. She was coming around to do her business in my wife's garden when she seen what was ever under that deck, and she jumped straight up in the air like a Halloween cat and ran up into the woods as fast as she could. So I was like, "What the hell it scared Callie?" You know, because she's seven pounds soaking wet, but she doesn't let anything come in the yard. She's a killer, you know. So I get in the car. I, I decide not to go to war with this. My son is home. My son-in-law's living here. Everybody's got guns. We have guns all over the house. Everybody knows how to use them. We all go to the range. We're family that shoots together. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to go to work. I'm not going to say nothing to anybody. I go to work. I get to work. I get there like an hour early so I can have my coffee, read my paper, unwind from the ride because it's a solid hour drive to work. And my wife calls me on the phone and she's screaming hysterical. And what's the matter? She goes, I opened up the sliding glass door to feed Callie and the whole door came out of the frame and almost crushed me. If my son son wasn't in the kitchen at that moment, he caught the door and put it back up. It would have landed on my wife. My wife's only five foot tall. She's a midget. So um, I said, well, what are you feeding Callie for? I fed Callie at four o'clock in the morning. Why are you feeding her again an hour later? She goes, why did the door come out of the, out of the, the sliding glass? I said, I don't know. So when I got home that night, I went and looked under the deck. I had just had a brand new retaining wall built. And on my retaining wall was urine. This creature marked my wall, pissed all over my wall. And it smelled like pneumonia. And it was like an oil streak inside the, the, the urine. Okay. No. So now I'm thinking this son of a bitch marked my, my house. So I went around the back because I'm thinking... Well, when I came out to go to work, I came out with my tactical flashlight to see what was under the deck. And there was nothing under there when I hit it with the tactical flashlight. This creature must have went around the back and tried to pry the sliding glass door open. But I, being from the city, we have like three locks on everything, Mm -hmm. right? And he couldn't get the door to, to come off the track. But once the door was unlocked, it fell right off the track. So this creature came wow. around and it was and the vibe I got was it was saying, OK, you know where I live. I know where you live. And this is how easy it is for me to get in, you know. And I was like and I just like put my hands up in the air and I said out to the ether. I said, OK, you don't have to come to my house anymore because I'm not coming to yours. And we just left it at that. And I never went back to that den ever again because I didn't want him coming back to my house, you know? Right. And, wow. uh, yeah, and that, that was very scary to think that this creature could have came in. I mean, you know, look, let's face it. If it wants to come through a sliding glass door, it can come through two glasses right. of pain. It could have killed everybody. Now. If I could have came off work and found everybody mold, you know? And then I would have really felt guilty that I didn't go to war with it when I had the opportunity to go to war with it. But, um, you know, better judgment. 
my better judgment said, no, you, you've heard enough stories and talked to enough people, experiences to know it's a bad thing to go to war with these things. And so I didn't. And we've lived in peace ever since. Wow. That's a lot to unpack. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that's fascinating. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, Krista, you got a you got a thought on that because well, uh, I, I do have a couple questions. Yes, go for it. Um, you you were talking about when you got zapped. Yes. Do you, I, I have two questions on that. Do you, one is do you did you have any missing time? And my second question was, did it make you physically sick? Not that day. I didn't have anything. We we did have an experience like the night we were bluff charged. We did lose two hours, but that's a whole different story. Um, I, I was sick as a dog. Yes, I was. I, my body temperature felt like I was like overheating and I was nauseous and I, I felt weak and I couldn't breathe. And I just felt like as much as something was pulling me there. Something was trying to stop me from going. Like, I don't know if that was the Sasquatch trying to protect me or if that was the dogman trying to stop me. I don't know. I can't honestly mm -hmm. answer that. But, yeah, I was definitely sick. I was, like I said, Bill was freaking out. He was like, you know, because the trail we go in, it starts off as a mining road. Then it turns into an Appalachian trail. Then it turns into a goat trail. And it's wow. very treacherous, you know? And Bill's like, dude, if you go down, we can't carry you out of here. We're way too far in, you know? And there's no way getting a helicopter in here with all these trees. Right. Right. And I was like, if you think I'm going to turn around now when I can see where I want to go from here, I goes, not, 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 not in God's green earth am I ever going to stop. I'm being pulled this way for months. I'm not going to stop now, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I, I was just curious about that because I've, I've had others. I've got a friend who, who uh, was zapped here, I don't know, a month ago at the LBL. And, okay. um, and he, he got sick and, and uh, the guy he was with was sick for days. So I was kind of curious about that. Yeah, that was the first time I have ever been zapped. Um, I was on an, a Bigfoot expedition with a friend of mine who was an alphabet agency guy and he was doing some stuff he shouldn't have been doing. And I told him not to go where he went and he got zapped. Um, and he was actually knocked his, like if I wasn't standing behind him to catch him, his, he got hit so hard that he went down, he just lost balance and he, he went flying back and he mm -hmm. would hit his head on a tree or a rock, but I just happened to be sick. And I caught him and I told him, I see, I, and we had to sit there for a solid, like, an hour before he could regain himself. Yeah. And I told him, I said, dude, you have to go to the doctors tomorrow. If you're pissing blood or anything like that, you have to go to the emergency because this stuff can really hurt, damage your yeah. internal organs and you can't play with this, you know? And he was like, what happened? And I, and I explained to him what happened. I said, you went somewhere you weren't supposed to go and they just mm -hmm. knocked you back a little bit, you know? Right, right, yeah. That's that's crazy story. It's pretty interesting, really. You know, and the fact that they followed you too. I've heard that too. I've had other people talk about about that they followed you home, and 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 obviously, in my opinion, that was absolutely to give you a clear message. Oh, it was a, that message was loud and clear. Mm -hmm. Believe me, I, yeah, I got I got the message. Yeah, believe me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we. I don't go looking for Bigfoot, a dogman anymore. Unfortunately. They seem to be in all the same locations as the Bigfoots. So, you know, I'll run across them or sign of them, you mm -hmm. know. 
but it's not like I'm out there looking for them because I'm not. I have I don't want anything. Uh, we take a lot of dogman reports in New York State, you know, and um, we'll go and maybe investigate a location after the after the fact, you know, just right. to see if we could find any any kind of sign or tracks or anything. But I don't go looking for them mm -hmm. to actually, you know, try to figure out what they are now. Cool. Yep. Well, let me ask you. you know, I mean, I got. There's something I want to talk about, but you know what? Okay, this whole encounter goes down. I've I've had several encounters that people have told me about. L, what do you think? I mean, this is not just a, a flesh and blood creature. No, absolutely not. No, no, no. This creature definitely is interdimensional. It comes from a different realm. Absolutely, yeah. And I think it comes here for one reason and one reason only, because of the food source that's here. You know, it's a lot of easy prey for these. Creatures. And I don't believe that all of these creatures are blood killing animals. No. If that was the case, there would be so many dead hikers in the woods. You know, they would find body parts all over the country. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're they, they're hunting at, at these locations because there's plenty of game, a lot of prey. Um, and they don't like it when they come across humans because maybe they feel like we're competitors to them for the food source. And they try to intimidate us to make us leave and stuff like that, you know, and uh, it usually works, you know, and I don't believe that when people say they smiled at me, they're actually smiling. I believe they're showing you their teeth for a reason to let you know that, you know, I could bite your head off of one snap if I want to, you know, um, we, mu we must have been reading each other's minds because I know that. And I and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I know you follow my channel and you you watch all my encounter videos that I do put out on Bigfoot Mystery Rob channel. And I I put out a, a, a story, and again it's an encounter story that was from a subscriber that emailed in. And I'm not going to get into it. It's out there if you guys want to go watch it. But I'm going to paraphrase it. And Al, you had made a comment some time ago. It was about a guy in Wisconsin. Chased down by a supposed dog man, and it was running. He, he was running with his car 30, 40 miles an hour, and he was on all fours. And then he got up close to the window and he looked in, and the person said it smiled and showed his teeth. Now, first of all, something with a snout, and they described the snout to be five, six inches long, whatever. First of all, that's impossible to curl that into a smile. And I'm with you. That's not a smile. That's like I can get you at any time. And then supposedly this thing got on two feet and took his claw and put a mark right down his the side of his his car. Now again, now again, I I believe everybody sends in their encounter stories. You know, you gotta take for you gotta take it with a grain of salt, but I will post it and I won't ridicule, condemn, because I believe. Mm -hmm. But that that story, and you had made mention, I don't know about that, Rob, you know, left in a comment or whatever, which I appreciate all comments. Yeah, because there's a lot, there was a lot of red flags in that story for me. That's why I made that comment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but, but the thing that struck me just now, though, regardless of that story, they don't smile at you because I've heard that encounter. If I have not heard something similar to that 50 times, then I haven't heard it at all that these people make mention of it smiled at them. And again, you can't, it's impossible to smile, 
but there is a scowl, and that to me is sinister. That's not like, hi, I'm playing with you. It's like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I can kill you anytime I want to. Yeah, it's, they're showing you their teeth for a reason to let you know they're the apex predator and you're a peon if you get in their oh. way. But I don't, like I said, I don't believe that they're all, you know, killers. I don't because- either. I don't if that either. was the case, there would be dead hunters all over the woods. And, you know, I you know, know all of my friends hunt. I mean, they bow hunt, they black powder, they regular rifle, they shotgun. They're always in the woods and they all walk out alive, you know. Yeah, you so, know, listen, I, I will backtrack and I will say this. I don't think that dogman, Bigfoot are killers or anything. In fact, like just like the human race, there's good human beings there's good and bad human beings, evil human beings. There's good cryptids. Bigfoot is good. Bigfoot can be bad. Dogmen can be good. They can be bad. You know, some people give these stories about dogman mm-hmm. being a protector of the woods. I don't buy the fact that they're protecting Bigfoot because, quite frankly, Bigfoot can hold his own. But, <laughs> but now but you, have, but you have First Nations people that say that, hey, you know what? They... You know, a lot of them talk all about Sasquatch, but a lot, though, if you read a lot of their stories or what they have said down the years, is a dog man was a protector of the Tory, of the territory. So I, I believe there's good and evil in, in every cryptid, much like ghosts and paranormal activity. You've got the good side, you got the bad side, just like us. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so I'm not saying that these things are bad, but you just got to be aware of what you're researching you've got to be aware of what's going on in the wilderness the woods because we just don't know do we no absolutely not and the, the, the and the native americans that dealt with the dogmen that say they're the protectors of the woods well maybe there weren't any sasquatches in that area at that time you know and these creatures were protecting the woods because they were protecting their hunting, their hunting range, you know, and, and so they were doing that. And the sad, you know, like I said, my psychic is a, is a Native American and she always calls the Sasquatches the guardians of the woods. That's what she calls them. And she says they're there to protect the woods. And, I, and look, I have a couple of clans that I deal with that and I use the word tolerate me when I go there. They tolerate me. They let me do my experiments and have my epiphanies and, and all this stuff. But I could go there one time when they're in a, when one of them is in a bad mood, and it could be the end of me. You know what I mean? All the years I've been going there, I've never I've never had a hostile encounter ever with any of the Sasquatches I'm dealing. Doesn't mean. I, I can show up one day on a bad day when one of them has got a toothache or something and, you know, and he's not happy camper, you know? It's like when people say, oh, I want to I want to leave him food. I want to do this. I want to do that. I always say, don't, first of all, don't leave meat because they'll follow you home if you leave meat. Feed them what they can find naturally in their environment. Fruits and vegetables and stuff like that. Don't bring sugars, sweets out there because I don't think that they're used to that stuff and i don't know how well their body can handle all that processed sugar and stuff so you may give one a bed to a toothache and then i come in to do my experiment and because you've been giving him twinkies for 20 years he's got a toothache and he takes it out on me you know i don't give 
my Sasquatches any food, even fruits and vegetables. I don't. I give them trinkets and toys and stuff like that. Whistles, bells, marbles, things that they can they can blow, make noise, play with, you know, but never food. I just I'm not yeah, well, a guy I, who believes well, in feeding them. I, I tend to agree with that because I've had several people I spoke with. You know, I, I'm not a big on habituation at all, really. I mean, I know people that, as you made mention of, you know, belt, toys, marbles, squeaky toys. Yes. But, you know, I've had so many. I've had a handful of people contact me if they have a habituation site. And they that suspected Bigfoot in their area. And they'd been putting out apples, peanut yeah, well, butter. And here's the thing, though, Al. And these, whatever it is, I'm not saying it's, it's alleged Bigfoot or what have you, that, you know, it's, it's eating the food. And they do this for months on end. Now, all of a sudden, you know, the, 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 the homeowners, they kind of get bored with it. They haven't, had, they haven't seen anything, and they're kind of like, oh, well. Then, you know what, Al? They stop doing it. A month or two later now is when they have problems. All of a sudden, there's rocks being thrown at their house. All of a sudden, there's, like, knocking there's there's noises on the roofs. There's pounding on the side of their their their, their walls or the outer side of the house. Their chickens are coming up missing. An animal comes up missing. Well, guess what? I think that once you stop something, much like a child, you give a child candy every every day. Then as a parent, you stop. Well, guess what? You're having a cranky kid because no, you stop maybe. doing that. Now imagine a twelve hundred foot pound creature in the wilderness in the woods that you're feeding then you stop don't you think they're going to be a tad pissed off at you that's why i always say give them whatever they can find in nature and if you know like different seasons they eat different things give them whatever is in season that particular time this way when you leave they can still find those blueberries in the woods naturally. They don't have to follow you home to get blueberries. They can still find, uh, you know, uh, we have a lot of orchards, apple orchards up here. They can still find the uh, the wild apple trees or, you know, the, the wild grapes and stuff like that. I always try to say, if you're going to feed them, feed them food that is in abundance at that time of the year. In the fall, it's a lot of nuts. You know, yeah. give them nuts, stuff like that. Um, but don't feed them stuff. Like one guy said, can I give them a, 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 a potato? And I was like, well, I guess you can. You know, it's it's a it's a vegetable. You can give them a potato. I don't know if they know what a potato is. Um, but I know if you're feeding Bigfoots in New York, you're not giving them apple. I mean, you're not giving them bananas or oranges, or lemons, or limes, mm -hmm. or grapefruits, because it's not natural up here. You're giving them apples, pears, berries, peaches, stuff like that, um, and vice versa. If you go down south, you're not giving those creatures down south something that they don't find naturally. So, I always try to say, look, I, I really, I told this guy with the potatoes that if you want to really make a good impression, leave the potato at home, mm -hmm. bring them a bag of apples, and maybe some tobacco. Yeah, and, and leave that as an offering and just walk away. And then maybe, you know, you could start something. But, you know, as far as potatoes and stuff that's not natural to them, they don't. And I noticed the ones up here, too. They don't like tomatoes. I think the tomatoes are too acidy, so they won't eat the tomatoes. Mm. Well, yeah. yeah, you know, I even have. Well, I have problems sometimes with uh, 
tomato juice. But other than that, I love spicy food. I can eat Italian. <laughs> I, I, man, you know, my stomach is like, you know, made of iron, I guess. But you know what, Al, man? This has been such a great show. I hate to leave you. We've got it maybe. We're coming on in two hours. What I'd like, if you'd like, you got for our audience, our people in chat, thank you, everybody, for coming in. You got, can you can you close out today with one one more story? One more experience. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry, Al. I say the word story. I know. <laughs> and I know that it's you're an experiencer. I get it. And I'm sorry. I do apologize. What do you, what do you I don't know if I have any more. How long was the, stuff, you know, how but, long was the bull? The killing of the bull. Was that, do you remember that? That was in 1974. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, about was, ta- so. You got time for that one? Oh, you want me to tell tell that one again? Um, well, you uh, probably heard it. If you don't want to, you don't. No, I mean it's it's pretty long. I don't know if we have the time. Let's for go it. five minutes. One last thing off the top of El Santa Riga's head. What would you like to say to the audience? Thank you for coming, and you know, I appreciate anybody coming in from different uh, groups and, and everything. And you know, I promoted the hell out of it, and I hope you by did, promoting man. it, people will come in and see what's going on and follow uh, you guys. But I mean, uh, if you want me to tell you one more, a couple, another Bigfoot story. Yeah, let's we, fill up about. We, let's fill up about four minutes. Okay, we we were going into the woods one time because my neighbor is a hunter and he was talking to a couple of his friends and I was eavesdropping and they were telling them how they went into the woods, this location, coon hunting one night. And they, they had two red bone hounds, big dogs and they're early afraid of much. And they got to a certain location and the dogs wouldn't go any further. So then they couldn't get the dogs to go any further. They started getting rocks thrown at them. So, one of the one of the hunters said, "Listen, if you, you thought it was high school kids partying, you know," and they said, "Listen, if you don't stop throwing rocks at you, we're gonna stick the dogs on you." Well, the rocks kept coming, so they told the dog to go get them. The dogs got about five feet, turned around, ran back past both of these guys, and ran into the ran to the truck and hit under the truck. And so one of these guys put a round into the tree, right? Boom! Thinking he was shooting, trying to scare these college high school kids off. When a seven-foot Sasquatch steps out and screams at him, at that point, they both leave. And they say, okay, we're done coon hunting here. And I hear this story, and I was like, oh, I got to go in. You know, I've been to this location a million times. I used to walk my dog there all the time to take my son fishing there. Never knew any of this stuff. So I research it, and I find out there's a lot of Bigfoot experiences off the Appalachian Trail, people camping off the trail, people camping at this lake. So I go in, and as we start hiking, and it's about a mile hiking off the mining road, I find a buck, a 175-pound buck, up in a tree, 60 feet up a tree in the fork of a tree. And this tree looks like a fireman's pole. There are no branches on this tree all the way up to this fork. So whatever carried it up there, shimmied up the tree with this thing on its shoulder and then threw it over. So we took pictures of it. We were really like freaking out about it. And then we got deeper into the woods. We got about four miles into the woods and we started finding these little stone cairns up on cliffs. Like you had to be a mountain goat to get up there to put these. And I just got like the weirdest feeling. I thought it was like a Blair Witch moment, you know? And I was like, what the hell is creating these little figurines, stone figurines? 
So we researched it and we found out that the Bigfoots do make these uh, figurines. So we decided to go back and uh, we went back one night. We were hiking in and there's a whole bunch of us, about seven, eight of us. Most of the guys are from the city. And you let me know when I run out of time. <laughs> and, no, and, go ahead. Just take your time. And uh, we get up. We're, we're hiking up this um, this path that's going up over a ridge. And I got the feeling that there's something on the ridge across from me looking at me. I just got this vibe that we're being watched. So I stop. We stop at a location. I see a break over the trail that we're on. Nobody notices but me. So I said, let's stop here. Stop there. And one of the guys who's um, in the back says, look, I think we're being followed, man. I feel like there's something following us. And then the other guy who was like a point guy comes over and says, give me your, give me your uh, night vision goggles. I think there's something up on that ridge watching us. So he's looking up on the ridge with the night vision goggles. And I hit it with my um, flashlight. I had a big flashlight at the time. It's like a million candle watt flashlight or something. And we hit it. And I'm looking for eye shine. We don't see anything. And then a smell that was so putrid comes up out of the hollow that's below us. I mean, it was it was a disgusting smell. And everybody's freaking out. And I so now I'm thinking, okay, we got one behind us, one below us, and one above us triangulating they're they're tracking us you know so let's get off this ridge because it's a very narrow ridge one person at a time we get off the ridge we get down into the swamp and we hear the coyotes going off big pack of coyotes god there had to be with 20 of them in there and they're just going running around you know howling howling and we're um we're walking across the swamp and then all of a sudden the sasquatch attack the coyotes and you hear blood curdling screams from the coyotes you hear coyotes being bashed against trees i had a coyote the size of a german shepherd run into me it was looking behind it as it was running and it ran into me and knocked me down and i went face first into a tree and dislocated my shoulder and I had to lean up against the tree and knock my shoulder back in. And as my friends all took off, it all took off in different directions. They were gone. And I'm trying to get everybody, you know, round everybody up. Say, don't run, don't run, don't run. You can't outrun these things. Stand your ground. Everybody's gone. We come across a couple camping off the Appalachian Trail. They open up the tent. They're like, what's going on? I said, nothing. Just close the tent. Coyotes are, are just going crazy. They won't bother you inside the tent. Just, you know, don't worry about it. We all rendezvous back at the car. And uh, we get back to the car and we're talking about it. And they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, I don't know. My shoulder's pretty bad. I go to pull the car door closed and my shoulder came out again. So now I have to bang it against the back of the seat to knock it back in place. Wow. I get home, call my, tell my wife, get up. We got to go to the emergency room. I dislocated my shoulder. and um, But that night, I don't think the Sasquatches were hunting the coyotes originally. I think they were just out hunting. And we got in between them, which pissed mm -hmm. them off. And they took it out on the on the coyotes and attacked the coyotes. And that 
that wasn't a crazy night because to hear these coyotes screaming, necks being broke, bodies being bashed against trees, and this pack of coyote, which was 20 strong, they just took off in every different direction, just like my friends, you know? And it was it was it was crazy because we're down in this in the swamp in this in this hollow, and the, the noise, the screams of the coyotes, the screams of the Sasquatch are just echoing around us, and it sounded like the, it was coming in from all angles. It was just crazy. Wow, that's pretty wow. incredible. Yeah, yeah, it was that was a pretty crazy night. That's yeah, crazy. put that it this way. Pretty- all my friends that was that was the guys I worked with in in, the, in Bronxville. They never came out with me again after that. I wonder why. Yeah, <laughs> like we're done, you know? right? You know that is incredible. And you know what, Krista? What an incredible guest, L. Yeah, that's fun. Oh, Bronxville Paranormal much. Society, L. I know you're not. You're a humble guy. Where can people find you? Yeah, you could find me on Facebook. At any of our groups, uh, the. New York State, the UFO Project, the New York State Dogman Project, the Bronxville Paranormal Society, or the New York State Sasquatch Organization. Or you could just reach out to me privately on Messenger, and I'll answer anybody's question that they have. They, they, yeah. want, to, they want to talk to me. I'm very easy to approach. And, and I will say this. I talk to Al, you know, every once in a while. He's a great guy. Again, every time I've got something I ask him, he always answers. He's straightforward, straight shooter. That's what I love about you, Al. And Thank you ever so much. I'll have you back on again another six months. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, and, and Krista, we're, what's going on with you? You got you got something going on tonight, Friday, don't you? I do. We have uh, the Blondes and the Booze at uh, 8 p.m. Central. And tonight we're talking about Incubus and Succubus Ooh, wow. with, a, with a, a friend of ours, Dave Glidden. And then tomorrow night um, we have Michael Christopher and Aaron Eck. They're going to do live re- viewer readings with Blondes and Booze and the Woo. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. I will make sure to tune into that one. Don't yeah. forget, everybody, subscribe to Blondes and Booze. Is it Blondes and Booze podcast? Is that your 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 mother channel? Our, our YouTube is Blondes YouTube. and Booze Paranormal Blond- Podcast. Blondes and Booze Paranormal Podcast. Of course, mine's Bigfoot, Michigan, Rob. And we got mm-hmm. Texas Front Porch. And you know what? For everybody listening, for Al, for Krista, we are going to sign off. You have a great weekend. Come on, check out the Blondes and Booze Thursday and Friday. Go check out Al. Subscribe to our channels across the board. Love each and every single one of you. I appreciate it. Until next time, Bigfoot, Mr. Rob, he's out. See ya. Ciao.